And now if you will turn to the front of your bulletin for today's scripture, Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of God! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Every now and then something happens in worship that just hits you in a way that you know you'll be remembering it for a long time. And Sherilyn, you just created one of those moments when you said, Who is he? That's what they were asking with the same kind of emphasis. Who is this guy? They didn't have Facebook. They weren't trying to arrest Chinese people for having TikTok. They didn't have TV news programs where they could identify people and show the FBI's 10 most wanted. Who is he? Say it again, Sherilyn. Ah, you did it better the first time. But aren't we still asking that question hundreds, thousands of years later? Jesus, do we really know him? Who is he? Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful for this day. We're grateful to see your love on full display. To learn what love really means to see your, you set the example for us. Lord, be with us in this worship. Strengthen our love. Grow it. Make it bigger. Make it a love for all people and for all time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Decades ago, a military officer and his wife were aboard a ship. And that ship got caught in a raging storm. His wife was frantic, because it's always the woman who gets frantic. You know that. His wife was frantic. 
I'm just pointing out what society says. Y'all relax, Karen. Don't, don't hit me from behind. Isn't that true? In every movie you see, you don't see the men trip over a root when they're running away. You see the women. If everyone's frantic, it's going to be the woman screaming, not the man. Like men don't scream and men don't trip over roots. Anyway, back to the story. Raging storm. Y'all with me again? Raging storm. And his wife was frantic. And seeing the look in her eyes, he tried unsuccessfully to remove her fears. Well, suddenly she grabbed his sleeve and cried out, How can you be so calm? Well, at that he stepped back a few feet and he drew his sword, like I said, military officer, many decades ago. And pointing it at her heart, he said, Are you afraid of me right now? And without hesitating, she said, of course not. I know you. You love me. You would never do anything to hurt me. As long as that sword is in your hands, I have nothing to fear. To this the man replied, I know the one who holds the winds and the waves. As long as they are in God's hands, one of the greatest compliments I think one human being can give to another is I have faith in you. When couples wed, you listening up, Stephen? When couples wed, the bride and the groom make several promises to each other to love through sickness and through health, to love when bank accounts are fat and full, and also when they are neither. Couples essentially promise that no matter what you do, I will never stop loving you. And when they are done making these ridiculous, absolutely insane promises that require the full power of God to keep, what do they say to each other? And there too, I pledge you my faith. They trust their love to be stronger than any obstacle they will ever face in their married lives. They are together. They are one. They will become anything because they are in love and they have faith. When Sissy and I first got married, it felt so much like it's us against the world, standing back to back, ready to take on anything and everything and everyone. 
I didn't have to call out to see if Sissy was there. I didn't have to feel around to see if she had my back. I knew because that is the faith of love. And the faith of love is what we hear throughout these verses today. Whenever we hear about the first palm parade, it is hard for us to forget that this parade was a very good beginning to a hard, brutal week for Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? That question was asked during this week. Bartimaeus, a blind man who had been begging his entire life for every meal, for everything he had, was healed during this week. Jesus met and ate with Zacchaeus during this week. During this week, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Jesus, Jesus became very strange to us this week. When he walked into the temple, making a whip, braiding it as he walked, and using it to drive people and money changers and animals out of the temple area. During this week, Jesus praised a widow who gave only two small coins. And then he got in the faces of the Pharisees for not taking care of her. The care of widows and orphans. And they were not following God's commandment. During this week, Jesus washed his disciples' feet and shared the Last Supper with them. During this week, Judas betrayed him, Peter denied him three times, and the ten other disciples ran off when Jesus needed them the most. Jesus was whipped and beaten stripped, mocked, humiliated, and died a criminal's death. His time had come, and Jesus knew it. And knowing his death was approaching, Jesus still came to Jerusalem. That's the part of the story where my heart jumps and where this story really begins in my faith life. Knowing what he was facing, knowing it was for sinners like us, Jesus still, as the Bible said, set his face to Jerusalem. He still came. And he didn't slip, slip through any side door. He came entering straight down Main Street with 
everyone shouting and waving palms. Here's a question that I keep asking myself. I want to share it with you. Have you ever pondered how amazing the faith is that Jesus puts in us by leaving? You know, Phil's off somewhere. And he is putting his faith in Lisa to direct this choir, even though she's never had a minute of musical training at all. That's an inside joke. If you want to know more, ask her later. She'd love to tell you that story. But he's putting his faith in her. The choir is putting their faith in her and in each other. I know when I sang with them, I waited to hear what Al was singing and sang that. He sings better than I do. I put my faith in Al for music, Al. And geology, all things geology. You got it. But have you ever thought about the faith Jesus was putting in us by leaving? It's like Jesus is saying, I have taught you what your God expects. Now it's your turn. I have shown you what love looks like. Now it's your turn. I am trusting nothing less than the kingdom of God into your hands. This parade has traveled through centuries of time. And it's still traveling. And you and I have chosen to become part of those in this parade. And what does it mean to be in this parade? This parade is a sign to us that God has faith in us. We have been trusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are trusted to be ambassadors of this sacred and holy week. God has faith that we will make disciples and that we will transform the world. God has faith in us, faith that you and I will live as Easter people. When we look at this parade, it seems so small. A donkey, not a mighty war stallion, cloaked, and palm branches. And some asked who this man was. Sherilyn, you want to try it one more time? Oh, much better. Much better. They didn't even know who it was they were praising. And those who answered called him a prophet. Not Lord, not Savior, not Messiah, not Son of God, not anything but prophet. Someone who comes in the name of the Lord. 
but not recognized as the Savior of the world. They were in the very presence of God and they had no idea. But it is this ragtag parade that begins the greatest week on earth. This parade reminds us that Jesus left the perfect wonders of heaven for the turmoils and pains and trials of our lives. It is this parade that makes us wave palm branches because our Lord, the very best of heaven, left the worship of angels to be reviled by his enemies. This parade reminds us that the one who created all things had to borrow a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee, had to borrow a donkey to ride into Jerusalem, and a coin to tell a story because he had no coin of his own. This parade was for the one who owned every square inch of earth but was so poor that he had nowhere to lay his head. For the one who created water, but still had to ask someone to give him something to drink when he thirsted. For the one whose body was laid in a borrowed tomb, not even having a place of his own to lay his head in death. When you think about it, it really was a pathetic parade made up of the poor and sick, the forgotten, the overlooked. And thank God, 2,000 years later, we are still remembering it and part of it because we know our king is coming. And we want to be in that parade too, shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What a parade that's going to be. Amen.